Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. We're back with another episode. We are clinging to every ounce of sanity that we can. <laughs> threads. Hanging by threads. threads. Hanging uh, by threads. <laughs> but it might be a thread of a thread, just a thread. of a thread. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we are we are searching for uh reason. We are searching for truth. And honestly, as crazy as the world is and, and our lives have been as of late. We know that when we come together to have these conversations and you join us in them, even if you are our silent partners during the recordings, you guys are sending us so much information, um, helping, yes, thank you. <laughs> helping us navigate these stories and dig for the truth. And I think we were talking about this before we went on air. Our podcast really serves ultimately to reveal that journalism is dead. In so many aspects in this country, real, true journalists, where are they? It should not be three women with no journalistic backgrounds whatsoever, business women, former ER nurse, former corporate trainer, former accountant. Like we do, this is not our area of expertise, but we are having to dig for this information and find it and sort through it, then compare it to what the mainstream says to try to figure out what's true. Where are all the other people who this is your job to do it? Now, we know they're out there. We're watching. We're following, um, you know, the other. There's people out there like, um, oh, who's our CBS girl, y'all, that we love to listen to her podcast? Cheryl Atkinson. Yeah, I feel like we should get paid what the journalists are getting paid. I mean, at this point, I didn't even listen to them. It's just so sad that, like, that this some of the top stories, the biggest stories that sh- that mean the most and sh- and have the most impact on our lives are completely being downplayed and ignored like blatantly. And we're seeing that happening. Absolutely. I mean, Matt Taibbi, Alex Berenson, um, Barry Weiss, a lot of these journalists that were with the New York Times or, um, you know, uh, it, well, even at the Washington Post, you still got Josh Rogan, who's actually doing accurate reporting on 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 China. For some reason, <laughs> the corporate journalists don't want to go after China, but he is. You know, mm-hmm. I'm thankful for some of these people who are trying to hold the line where they are. But I think more often than not, they're leaving. They're going to Substack and they're trying to monetize their own content. Or honestly, some of them say, "I don't even care if you pay or not. I want to get this out there because I believe our country depends on it." And that's what we're here to do is to join in that conversation, to facilitate that conversation, to give you an hour of 
of talking points and things for you to make up your own mind about. Again, we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to challenge you to do it. Try it and look, do your own research, make up your own mind, right? And so today we have a lot to talk about. Last week, we talked all about COVID. There was so much to say. We talked about how we felt pretty vindicated from what's been going on. But we want to we want to pivot off COVID, but we can't just quite yet because. Right. <laughs> and don't worry, we will be pivoting during this podcast. Yes. It's starting. Everything it, always pivots back to COVID in some way. Back. But there are so many other things happening right now, y'all, that we just feel like we need to get this information out there because we're, like I said, these are huge things that are happening and, and we feel like no one is really talking, talking about it. Yeah. And it's taken a while. Like we were watching some things unfold on some of the people that, you know, from some of these other people who were following that get information. We were waiting for the mainstream to cover it. It's just now starting to happen. We're going to talk about that a little bit, but let's talk about the mandates. Got to go back to those mandates because while the Supreme Court basically said there can be no mandates, that the Biden administration overstepped their jurisdiction. They are not allowed to have these mandates. We saw Starbucks say there will no longer be a mandate. It could not be over the corporate businesses. Um, it could, I mean, it could not be over corporations or businesses. It could only be for the healthcare workers, which is weird and strange how they made that connection. But in any case, we saw Starbucks pull back. We saw people like um, Carhartt say they were going to maintain theirs. And then you're seeing there's a little bit of an uprising against Carhartt right now from a lot of their, the people who buy Carhartt are like, nope, no more, not doing it anymore and trying to take a stand. Go check there. those comments on yeah. their Instagram page. Yep. What did, did you say? I said, check the comments on their Instagram page. They it's did a post, it was like around Martin Luther King day right yeah yeah go look at that one people are uh, making it clear their feelings about carhartt now you wouldn't know this this wouldn't be on the news or anything not. um you know and and like when you're talking about the mandates the huge rally that was in washington dc was like thirty thousand people 40, yeah, 40, well, uh, yeah somewhere um, i just looked tens it up. Of it was, thousands yeah, of people Forty thousand americans peacefully stood together yep um not sure if anybody if you're not paying attention <laughs> You know, you probably didn't know you that. You probably didn't even know that because it's not going to be covered at all on um, the mainstream news. Or if it is, it's going to be called an anti-vax movement or something where it's going to be. Or they're going to say a few people. Yeah, a few hundred or people. A few hundred people. A few hundred anti-vaxxers. But there was a yet another roundtable discussion with Senator Ron Johnson, and they invited representatives from Pfizer. FDA, CDC, NIH, and guess what? For the second time, they didn't show up. They didn't respond, okay? But um, several, lots of people, we actually posted a video of a really awesome video with a nurse, and y'all have to check that out on our um, Instagram page, the IGTV. Um, Nicole Ceratek, right? Mm -hmm. um, she, it, it, it's amazing. Please go watch that. Um, and if you ever need uh, the Rumble link, We've got that. We've got that too. Okay. Um, and what? Who else? Like a bunch of physicians. It was amazing. But also, Kyle Warner. Well, this that was at the rally. So there were two different events. But at the was rally. All, oh, okay. But they were all kind of. It was all the same weekend. Same weekend. Yeah. Yeah. But like the rally was where people who you know had. There were so many people speaking out, and um, and they invited the same. They also invited. Mm -hmm. th these people are begging for 
our government bureaucrat officials, you know, like the CDC, the to FDA, Fauci, please, please talk to us. Please acknowledge what we're going through. Can we have a conversation? Can you give us your side of the story? And they're just being completely ignored. Completely. And this is so important. Remember, they're going to, anytime you see someone put a blanket label, such as anti-vaxxer or white supremacist, right? And, and you really can't find why like it doesn't, the, the people aren't really fitting the definition of that at all. For example, I, many times if someone says they voted for Trump, they must be a white supremacist, right? I think Snoop Dogg pretty much said that at some point, right? If you vote for him, you're a white supremacist. That's, a, that's, a, that's illogical and foolish, right? But anytime you see these blanket statements thrown out, you, your, your antennas should go up and go, mm, are they deflecting from a pursuit of the truth? You see, they're playing on emotion because oh. all these people are not anti. All these people got the vaccine. They got the vaccine. That's they exactly. got the vaccine. Even the doctors, even the doctors at the round table, most of them have been vaccinated. Yes. Everybody that spoke at the rally, they were first in line to get this vaccine. This is yeah. where I, it, it just makes me laugh that people are like, oh, all these anti-vaxxers. Yeah. I'm like, these are people who got injured because they took the damn vaccine. They wanted to do it. And they did it. And so, so I want y'all to, y'all have, Holly, do you have Kyle? Play it. Yeah. And I just want to remind everybody, some of these people were in the trials. Um, yes. Anti-vaxxers don't go participate in trials for vaccines. Right. Okay? They're that's, not going to be in line for that. Yeah, that. That's not happening. So take a listen. Kyle Warner, a professional mountain biker who has lost because of the heart damage done to him by the vaccines, has lost his his livelihood as well, but he has begun speaking out. If you don't follow him, go check him out, but listen to this. Pfizer, sit by and watch. Not only are our calls for help being ignored, we are actively being censored and discredited by mainstream media. We are not conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers. We are Americans, just like you, from every different background possible. Yet we are united by one thing. We were asked to do our part by our country and then cast aside in the name of profit. Whether it's polluting our water, poisoning our food, or putting carcinogens in our homes, we know corporations cannot be trusted blindly. Yet here we are, our government is failing us again. The fact is that private corporations are making billions of dollars conducting clinical trials on us at our expense. It is completely unacceptable. Today, I issue a challenge. Okay, so he was saying today I issue a challenge, and this is a challenge I know we all want to see. Mm -hmm. He wanted to challenge Rochelle Walensky, Dr. Fauci, and who else? Um, Somebody else, anybody. <laughs> but do come talk to them and acknowledge, I mean, probably Pfizer, I mean, any of the vaccine companies yeah. to acknowledge these victims. Y'all, there were 12,500 people just in this one group, okay? That's just one group, all right? It's react19.org. I need mm -hmm. to find that, but uh, we'll and it's in there. real not rare on Instagram, I believe. Yeah, yeah but he is the one, he's talking about, um, you know, he has spent, he lost his livelihood he spent tens of thousands of dollars, he said, out of his own pocket for to try to get himself well so that he can work again, basically. I mean, his yeah. livelihood was was racing. And 
he's getting absolutely no help. These companies are not held liable at all. It's just, it's so devastating. This is something that y'all need to know that like, um, because I don't even think that I knew this because of the EUA, um, that the vaccine, you know, the act, right? I, I don't remember the act, what the name of the act is, but there is a, an act that was formed to protect or to help people with vaccine injuries. Mm -hmm. But the problem is it takes years and years and years, correct me if I'm wrong, Holly, you probably know more about this, yeah. for people to even like maybe prove that it was from the vaccine and then it, they're not even completely covered. So it's all out of pocket up until then. That's but right. everybody who gets injured by the mRNA vaccine or anything that's just EUA, yeah. okay, the emergency use authorization, not FDA approved, yeah. um, they are not covered under that act because the vaccine is unapproved because it's not approved yeah. and so people keep saying oh well, we have the approved community we don't we don't yeah. nobody is getting that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what is happening this yeah. is what is happening if you take the risk and you get injured there is nothing that anybody's going to do for you no no and, and there's no coverage right there's no coverage. You can't file with insurance when you made a choice to get something, even if it was mandated and you really didn't feel like you had the choice. There's no, what do you do if you're, you know, what do you, how do you get on unemployment? I mean, how is all of this going to work with an experimental vaccine? I mean, it's, it's unreal. And even if, again, let's go back to, um, you know, the, the the childhood vaccines. There have been injuries for childhood vaccines for decades. In 1986, they passed a law saying that you could not sue the pharmaceutical companies for vaccine injury. It was signed under President Ronald Reagan. And what happened? We went from 10 to 12 childhood vaccines on the schedule to I think it's now 70 on different shots. So that it might be include boosters, okay? But that would be all the shots your child would be given uh, for in, for vaccination in America. We are, I think, the most vaccinated country in America, and we have one of the higher death rates in children under five. You can go back to Cami Benton's, our, our interview with her. She is a general practitioner who talks about this. Our children are not healthier, and yet we are the most vaccinated. We're worried about childhood diseases that frankly now that might've killed people a hundred years ago, but probably wouldn't today with nutrition, clean drinking water and better you know, means of taking care of someone when they get high fevers and uh, vomiting, things like that. There's more we can do today for people that are sick. But it's, it's unreal to me that we live in this world where this has all been going down on our watch, but we are all so ignorant to it. And we have yep. so been indoctrinated to trust our medical system, to trust our, my, well, my doctor said, as if that's God. And we've all fallen prey to it. And we've all just gone along. And these drug companies are now billionaires upon billionaires upon billionaires because of it. And there is no recourse. And if you do have a vaccine injury and you can prove that you got one from these childhood vaccines, guess what? Guess who pays for it, y'all? Me and you, the American taxpayer. Theirs pays it out. And they've paid out, I believe, billions now to families for vaccine injuries. Go look it up. Mm. And this is where when you want to call someone an anti-vaxxer, it's become a slur. It's become a word that is meant to denigrate that person. But you are an ignorant fool if you use that word to criticize someone without knowing, without mm -hmm. knowing, and without taking the time to understand why somebody might have some questions 
about a system that's made people very rich with no recourse for the injured. And well, speaking of, um, you know, the ignorance and basically the childhood vaccines, Candace Owens right mm. now is doing a very good job of showing us all how much it takes to really find the truth. And she is, she's taken everyone. If you follow her, if you don't follow her, you should. She is she's going through all the childhood vaccines. She's going through all the information. She's looking at what you can read on the surface level on the CDC, but then she's taking it a step further to go research that. Where did that come from? Okay, where did that come from? These are things that the average person does not do. The average mom is gonna to go to the CDC website. They're gonna read you know, the, head right. the, the first paragraph and be like, okay, but she's showing everyone right now in real time what it takes to really find out what's really going on. And it should open everyone's eyes to know that, that we are, to take the information that these, these what are they, companies are giving us at face value is, is not, it's not smart to do. And honestly, I would have to correct you, Amy, that the average mom isn't even going to look at the CDC. Or the they average might not mom, look at all. The yeah. average mom just is going to, to go to the doctor who only goes by the CDC recommendations and is not doing their job research, researching this. Mm -hmm. I have learned so much in the past two years. I cannot believe it. Um, and, and they're expecting you not to question, you know, and that's the thing because they expect you not to look because it's hard. Yeah. It is hard. You try to navigate anything on the CDC website, yeah. there it's hard to find what you're looking for. Are you well, gonna find no, well, let me just also say this. The indoctrination is so strong that even when in my family with my vaccine injured nephew, and it's doctor, a doctor did confirm that he was vaccine injured. Okay. So it has been medically proven that he was. Even with that, not everyone in our family was um scared <laughs> or, or convinced that that convinced, was the reason convinced right. that perhaps looking into vaccines would be a good idea and even when they did i'm thinking of one of my family members in particular when they did look into it and they went to their pediatrician and what do you think their pediatrician said well, right. i vaccinate my children by the way a lot of pediatricians do not give their kids all the vaccines that is actually truth that's very well known um in a lot of circles but this guy said, I, I, but I vaccinated all my kids. Yeah, it's safe. It's perfectly safe. There, there are One pediatrician told my sister, there are no risks. But mm. yeah, there's an insert that says there are. Like this is how indo the indoctrination is so pervasive. Long story short, this, this other family member has since changed her tune. And COVID helped bring that out. When she saw how the pharmaceutical companies could get such passes on a vaccine, how we could then suppress uh, treatments in hopes that we could keep pushing this vaccine. Her eyes got blown wide open and now she is completely understanding the risk benefit with childhood vaccinations. And uh, she's very awake to it now. But, but again, I say this to say, here we have a vaccine injured child in our family and people are still afraid to acknowledge it. It, it, well, I think also because they know that stigma yeah. and if you don't have a reason and you just have a gut feeling and you're questioning that there's nothing to back it up and you don't yeah. know where to listen, look for it. Yeah. And that was my issue. Like, I mean, I had already always been told and you, and as a mom, you've got that gut feeling, but you're like, okay, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, because if I don't vaccinate my child and something happens, what am I, what is my argument going to be? Right. Like, what is my reason going to be? And yeah. so honestly, 
COVID woke me up. Like yeah. it was really the quarantine, like having time to look and it was yeah. going to be, you know, Knox's well child, well child visit, AKA vaccine visit. Well, I really thought you couldn't, they couldn't go to school. Like that's, right. that's where I, that was like how far, how. And he's like, I want these fools at school. <laughs> Give them a shot. That was my surface <laughs> level to shut. If that tells you anything, I'm like, well, I have to, cause they can't go to school. If <laughs> I mean, that's literally where it stopped. Right. Like right. they can't go to school. In the That's state right. of North Carolina, by the way, and in most states, California would not be one of them. I don't think, I think West Virginia, most states have a religious exemption law and mm -hmm. you can sign a form with your kid's school and you can say, I'm going to forego these based on this exemption and they can't even question you about it. So um, we'll see, you know, COVID has blown this wide open and now people know about religious exemptions. We'll see how this all plays out, but it's your cost. I mean, you have the right in most of these states to say, I'm not going to do all of them. I can pick and choose. You can also delay. We're not, we're not telling you how to, what to believe about vaccines. We don't have all the answers. What we're saying is the system as it is set up has not served us well. We all need to reevaluate it. And um, just remember that you, they did not test these vaccines together. And a lot of them, multiple vaccines are given together. So I did, fine. I personally did like a delayed vaccination schedule just because I was like, okay, Yep. Not that I don't trust them. I just want to have it delayed. I don't want to bombard their immune system. And also my thinking was, if there was a reaction, I could narrow you would it know down. Which. You know so which that's, that's very important to know because you can do real well with some and not others, right? And, and I know uh, we got a listener, um, I won't say his name, but he has messaged us thanking us for getting the word out. And his son was damaged by the MMR. Um, but here's some good news. And maybe we can have him on our podcast someday. But he said is. The MMR was the vaccine that he did not tolerate. And it's measles, mumps, rubella. You get several of those, right? Over the course of those five years of being a child. And um, he was vaccine injured so badly that he was put in the special needs classes in elementary, but they were able through nutrition of all things. They found, they started trial and error, figuring out what could work for him and what couldn't. And this young man will now graduate at the top of his class in high school, because this family fought so hard. I mean, and guys, if when you are dealing with this kind of situation, it can tear a family apart. It can exhaust the parents to no end. Kudos to this husband and wife that fought so hard for their kid to figure it out. I can say that my uh, my nephew, and we'll, we'll have my sister-in-law on here pretty soon to talk about it, but they've been able to make great strides with, um, uh, with um, stem cell therapy and mm -hmm. with nutrition. But nutrition is a huge part of it, gut health. And, and what we find is a lot of these kids just have very, and I hear this time and time again, very high levels of metals in their bodies, which mm -hmm. is causing that inflammation around the brain. Mm -hmm. so, and there are these things in the vaccines. We didn't even plan to talk about this for so long, but the point is mandates are scary dangerous because not everybody can tolerate them. There's plenty and you can't of take it back. You cannot take a vaccine back. Just please remember that. And again, we are not trying to give medical advice. We're not trying to, we just want everybody. I just want everybody. We all do. Yeah. We're against mandates. Yeah. We are for personal choice, but just make sure that it's an informed choice. Okay. That's, right. that's, that's what we want. That's what it we just want. Needs to be informed and you have the freedom to do what the heck you want to do. And right. if you want, and if you love these vaccines and you want your kids, every one of them, that's absolutely within your right to do. But here's the other thing. We've, we're seeing a problem with the unvaccinated. You know, when the when the president came out and said there was there's this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated, and that was some dangerous language. First of all, because it just simply isn't true. We now 
all evidence points to the contrary at this point, especially evidence outside of the U.S. where they are tracking this far more closely and with, uh, with, with what seems to be a greater amount of integrity and, um, and care and making sure the data is right. But there was a heart, heart transplant recipient that was denied the heart transplant because he was not vaccinated. NPR covered it. There was a kidney transplant, I believe, out of Colorado. A woman who had a religious exemption, she was a strong Christian, did not want to get the vaccine because she found out that, that aborted fetal cell lines were used from the creation of the vaccines. This is true, it's not, it's not science fiction, um, but she had a problem with that and she didn't want to get it. And so then they took her off the transplant list. Being denied vital organs that you were on a list for because you did not get vaccinated against a disease that the vaccine is no longer durable against makes zero sense to us. And these people were not in the clinical trials. Right. These people, do you think they had transplant, um, uh, not donors, but those who would need transplants? So do you think that they were in the trials? No. Pregnant people were not in the trials. It was only originally. healthy people, so, right? Yeah. So we have to think about that. They're mandating something and they have no idea that it's actually going to make their life better. Yep. I, I, don't, I can't wrap my head around the fact that they are saying that. It, it could be a completely healthy 30-something-year-old, which I think one of them was 31 years old, yeah. healthy other than what they have, okay, but like maybe active, whatever, you know, yeah. and then it could be, but, but because they're unvaccinated, but then you've got the overweight smoker, you yeah. know, all this stuff over here, but yeah. because they're vaccinated, they get priority? Yeah. Does and, that make sense? And by the way, sometimes people need things like kidney transplants, and they have they were damaged from um, drugs, side effects of drug, of, of, of you know, prescribed drugs. Pharmaceuticals, right. Pharmaceuticals. So, I mean, just so you know, just want to point that back. We're not, we're not trying to demonize pharmaceutical companies. We're saying they have been so held out of check. Just look at the opioid crisis. Go watch, oh my gosh, what is it on Hulu? Um, the dope sick. Dope sick. Go watch it. People are so up in arms that dope sick sick that this situation can happen. They are so mad at the pharmaceutical companies for the opioid crisis, not realizing it's the same pharmaceutical companies behind right. so much of this. It's so I read, I read a comment, that, a comment, did y'all see? I think I sent it to y'all, but there was a comment on one of Candace's videos and that's exactly what they said. They said, I think it's so crazy that a series like Dope Sick is up for all these awards and it's literally about the corruption of Big Pharma and the CDC. People yep. are watching it horrified that the opioid pandemic stems from this but can't wrap their brains around the idea that these same entities wouldn't have our best interests at heart. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And here's the other thing we've been talking about. We're noticing even friends of ours in their 40s, otherwise healthy, having cardiac events. Every, I mean, raise your hand. If you know yeah. someone personally that's had some weird cardiac event or neurological event, it's been kind of unexplained and it's happened in this past year. We looked at, we've talked about the soccer teams in Europe. You know, they were one of the first to come out with strong mandates on vaccination. We all know that soccer players probably exert themselves, have, poor, have more cardiac exertion for sustained periods of time than most other athletes. And they've had a lot of problems. And we just think that's probably not a coincidence. We want well, even to just deaths, like even just not even a cardiac events, like how much, does it not seem like, have y'all noticed, maybe it's just us, but like several in my newsfeed, people are just dying. I mean, <laughs> I mean truly, I, that's, that's all I can say. Like They are. Like I saw the other day, so it's like a healthy, like a, sol a soldier and, and, and they're not saying their cause of death, you know, so I, I, you know, we don't know, but like, unless it's suicide, 
These yeah. are young, healthy, and suicide is also, well, can yeah. I say, yeah, a consequence of yeah. COVID. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, mental health issues were already on the rise, but yeah. I absolutely blame COVID for for any of this right now. But yeah. um, well, just all deaths. Remember the insurance company? Do we have yes. that article? Yeah, we're that, gonna play that now. Yeah. So when you are when you think just about COVID, okay, if you're just trying to prevent that or the severe illness and death of that. That's one thing. All these other factors are still here, y'all. And they, it seems, and it obviously seems, that um, it's exacerbating other, other conditions that could already be there that may not ever come to fruition, if that makes sense. Like, it seems like, because there are other things going on. I mean, what was it? The eight, what's the age group? 18 to 49? Yeah. Do we have a clip from that? Or the we organic? have it right here. It's right here. It's the CEO of One America, which is, I think, one of the fastest growing insurance life. Is it life insurance, Amy? I think it's life insurance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's the CEO, Scott Davidson, um, in a Zoom meeting, just looking over some some findings that they're noticing. Because I guess life insurance, that they're called actuaries. Yes, actually. Um, actuaries. Okay. So their job is to predict trends. Like their whole business, life insurance is a billion dollar business i mean and, yeah. and their whole thing is they have to be able to predict like kind of like um y'all remember that movie along came polly yeah oh, yeah was it wasn't he an actuary like he was like at risk of everything he's like okay don't eat those nuts those oh, hands have yes. been contaminated in the nuts okay and, and right. client was the guy who was like jumping out of airplanes like doing all this stuff and he was constantly calculating the risks yeah. of things so they forecast years in advance to say like okay Let's look at trends. Let's look at heart attacks. Let's look at cancer. Let's look at this. Like, what are the trends? What are we forecasting? Am um, I going to make my money? Yeah. Like they have to know this so that they can <laughs> right. do the life insurance thing. Uh -huh. Okay. So anyway, this is him on a Zoom call talking about and what he's seeing. We are seeing right now the highest death rates we have ever seen in the history of this business. Not just at One America. The, the data is consistent across every player uh, in, in, that, in that business. Now, this is primarily... Um, working age people, 18 to 64 that are in employers, like all the employers on, on the screen here. And what we saw just in third quarter, we're seeing it continue into fourth quarter, is that uh, death rates are up 40% over what they were pre-pandemic. Just to give you a, a, an idea of how bad that is, a three sigma or a one in 200 year uh, catastrophe would be 10% increase uh, over pre-pandemic. So 40% is just unheard of. And what the data is showing us is that um, the deaths that are being reported as COVID deaths greatly understate the actual death losses among working age people from the pandemic. It may not all be COVID on their death certificate, but deaths are up uh, at just a huge, huge numbers. That is Scott Davison, who is the CEO of a $100 billion insurance company that is headquartered in Indianapolis, and they have customers across the country. The company has approximately 2,400 employees and sells life insurance. Okay, so here's the thing. He's basically saying deaths are up, and it's certainly not all COVID deaths. It's not like COVID's killing everybody, right? right. And, and that's well, we know that because you can go look at CDC numbers. And then of course, <laughs> we know those CDC numbers aren't even aren't even accurate. You know, the CDC numbers oh, yeah. are showing what? That COVID's killing less than 1% of people who get it? Is that about and right? This, is, this uptick is happening in the third and fourth quarter 
of 2021. Okay. Mm-hmm. 2020, there was, you know, there was no vaccine available for COVID. We, we yeah. went through the whole year of COVID. And then 2021 was the beginning of the vaccine rollout. And by the end of this year, deaths are up 40% and 10% in their business is considered a one once in every 200 years catastrophic, like a tsunami or, you know, yeah. something insane happening where you're just, that, that would, that would be like more like a 10% where at 40. What in yeah, the world? That's alarming. That's alarming. And uh, nobody's talking about it. Nobody's no talking about it. No one. No. They only focus on COVID. Because if they talk about it, it's going to induce vaccine hesitancy. And if there's vaccine he- hesitancy, everyone's going to contract COVID and die. But oh, whoops, everybody just got COVID. And not everybody's <laughs> dying. Like it's, it's the, the, the insanity of this. It literally will make you what? Oh, God. To go crawling away. Like people will stop caring about, not even about the vaccine. Who cares what? We don't know why 40% of people are dying. Why yeah. is this uptick? But if we start talking about that and we say that it's all causes, because it is, yeah. then maybe people will stop being afraid of COVID so much and they'll just go live, work on lifestyle, work go on live. lifestyle. And that they don't want that. They want us to continue to be fixated, focused, and scared of COVID. Exactly. If there was a 40% increase, would you not want to know what it is and why and why yes. how you can prevent we it? You should. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And, 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 and the other thing I just want you guys to also know in the traditional vaccine system, I have heard the interviews with vaccinologists, virologists, people who are, you know, on the side of creating vaccines. And they were asked, I think it was Cheryl Atkinson who asked, if, if it is proven that the rise in autism, peanut allergies, all of the autoimmune diseases like Crohn's disease, type one diabetes that are on a significant rise in children since 1986. If it was proven that this is as a result of the vaccines, would you change course? Do you know what some of those men said? No, because it's worth it. Mm. I mean, they truly are so scared of the measles or the mumps or rubella in, in 2021 where you could frankly treat it. We've had measles outbreaks and people have been fine. Um, that you could treat it. And they're so afraid of that, but they think it's worth giving otherwise healthy children chronic diseases that seriously impact the quality of their lives. I mean, it's, but this is how they think. So the whole thing around this guys, they won't, they won't acknowledge any of this because it will create vaccine hesitancy and they can't put the poison in everybody. They can't because people will go, I don't want that. But the, the thing is, if someone really thinks their life's at risk, it, you don't have to convince them, most people, to go get a shot. If they really felt their life was seriously at risk, they, they usually go get the shot. Most Americans, I think, have had at least one shot. Right. And can we not focus, like, once again, I know we've seen these uh, comments floating out there, and we all agree, um, mandating vaccines, va- vaccines for all, when our border is wide open. Yeah. I mean, they are, y'all. It's in the millions, uh, right? Like this is the biggest. Like, please, everybody. Like, I know we spend a lot of time on COVID and vaccines, but can we please take a minute to wrap our minds around what is happening at our border and what this means for our future in this country, our security, our security, our health? Because think about the diseases that come over. That's right. They're not getting checked. They're not getting checked for anything. Mm -mm. Okay, they're not getting checked for COVID. Nope. They're getting lost. Yep. Uh, They're getting yeah, what's that? lost. Yep. Okay. They're not getting vaccines because 
they are not American citizens, so they can't sue. They like, or they, they can sue. So, I mean, y'all just think. So, so the stuff that's been going on at the border, we, we also are going to talk about, first of all, why is it, we have so many friends in Canada. We have a lot of teammates from our business up in Canada that are messaging us going, how can I move to the United States? How yeah, fly to Mexico and swim across. Just we literally across. are saying, hey, fly to Mexico. Go fly to Mexico, you can come across because apparently- at one, point you would have, at one point you would have gotten 450 grand. I mm. mean, so let's, we're, but we also want to just give a huge shout out to the truckers in Canada. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. We have been watching this. If y'all are not following Freedom Convoy 2022 on yes, Instagram. Type it all in because they're trying to censor yep. them. Yep, they're trying <gasps> to censor them. They've already taken their page down on Facebook. Um, this is the largest, world's lar largest convoy ever recorded. I think it's like 40 or 50 miles now. Um, the the law the Guinness Book of World Records was like five miles in India or something, yeah. um, but Canada has had enough, and we are here for it. Okay. And you you probably will not see this on the news. Although Holly, you said they're finally starting to talk about it. Um, um, New York Times, I think, covered it two days ago. I think, um, okay. and and Fox News has been covering it. Right. Um, but I could not now. Don't quote me because I tried to go look. I I don't think I've seen anything on CNN. Um, it, even, even when I've Googled, but New York times has covered it two days ago. So that was, that was encouraging to see. And we have Canada's prime minister, Justin Trudeau, calling it mm. a, uh, a fringe movement with unacceptable views. A fringe minority. Fringe minority. Oh, yeah. Mm. And then he goes <laughs> into hiding. That's it. <laughs> Just when I think we've got the stupidest leader in the free world, <laughs> Trudeau shows up and I'm like, Oh, I don't know. It's a toss up. Um, it's a toss up. I mean, come on. This guy calling it fringe. First of all, it's just like saying pandemic of the unvaccinated. You are demonizing your citizens mm -hmm. without, without evidence that they are wrong. Without I mean, hearing them. No. I mean, you're not listening. You're not hearing. So they're going to make themselves be heard. And guess what he did? So when this caravan is going to arrive in the capital of Canada, which is Ottawa, capital city, this caravan, Again, it's going to probably shatter world records is what they're saying, as the girls mentioned. So it's huge. Y'all, they're planning to go to Ottawa and stay there, park and stay there until Justin Trudeau either resigns or until they lift every single mandate for Canadians. Okay, but this is like, this is what's so great. So then right when they're about to arrive, okay, he's triple vaccinated, negative test. What's he do, girls? He says that he has to isolate because he had an exposure last week, tested negative, asymptomatic. So I post that, of course, and I said, gosh, COVID's timing sure is impeccable. And actually one of our Canadians responded and she was like, well, yeah. And in Canada, he doesn't even have to quarantine. Like their policy, and I looked it up, if they um, are, if you're vaccinated and asymptomatic, you don't even have to quarantine. But out of, out of an abundance of cowardice, <laughs> or I mean caution, sorry, caution, <laughs> abundance of caution, <laughs> he is going to go home and lock the doors and pull down the shades. I mean, while his city is being, is it a city province, being descended <laughs> upon by his citizens oh my God. trying to send a strong message to him mm. as he sits shaking in his bedroom.
<laughs> Listen, you know, at least with Biden, I think he has like a cognitive problem. I think he's literally in has dementia. Trudeau's young. <laughs> I don't know what is. I mean, young, it's, young. it's like uh, him and the governor of California. You're like, what is wrong with your brain? I just like, really, what is wrong with it? But again, and listen, I know we're being mean and, and you know, whatever, but I just think <laughs> at this point, we're hanging on my thread. We told you all that already. Told you. We warned you at the beginning. We're barely hanging on as many as, <laughs> as, many as 32,000, which would be 20% of the Canadian and American cross-border truck drivers would be taken off the roads due to this mandate, which is only going to impact inflation more. And so again, it goes back to risk benefit for a disease that's not killing most people that contract it. You're trying to enforce a mandate with a vaccine that we still don't know the consequences of taking, but we do know the consequences of pulling these truck drivers off the road is only going to drive prices up more, which is only, which guess who that's going to impact the most? Poor people. Because the poor people, the most of the world that lives paycheck to paycheck, that this is who gets impacted first. So for those of you who say you're concerned about poor and impoverished and the people who are marginalized, that's who gets hurt in this too. Uh, and we and need to we, wake up to that. Can we also point out the fact that truckers drive alone? Yeah. Would you rather have uh, a, your grocery bill be $500 more? Or your truck driver not be vaccinated driving alone. Your, food, your boxes of food are not going to get COVID. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer decision for me. I don't know about y'all. I mean, these are essential workers. When we talk about essential workers, they are essential, yes. and we need to thank them, be grateful for them, and honor and respect them. And I cannot believe that this is happening. And I cannot believe where where is the rationale and the evidence to support a singular truck driver who drives alone by him or herself for hours and hours and days and days. Where is the, where's the rationale for that? And thank you, Canada, for actually being fed up enough to do something. And I hope that we follow suit here in the United States. Seriously. And, and I go ahead and also say, when we're talking about these mandates, um, I was trying to find that Marty McCurry. Oh, um, yeah. It just came out. I, oh, I sent it to y'all today. Um, his Washington Post about natural immunity. Yes. Saying yep. that like, it is, where is it? Oh, well, they're already, they're acknowledging it now, but they're still not using it. I know. So he said, he wrote a piece of the high cost of disparaging natural immunity and COVID. Yes. Vaccines yes. were wasted on those who didn't need them and people who pose no risk lost their jobs. And he's saying that um, by firing staff with natural immunity, this would probably include truck drivers as well, healthcare workers, anyone who's been fired for natural immunity, employers got rid of those least likely to infect others. It's time to reinstate those employees with an apology. Amen. And a 300% raise. Yes. And this was in a Wall Street, this opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal, which I found a lot of the opinion pieces seem to be more actual than the so-called reporting. <laughs> now, it's really he's crazy. Looked of, he's looked at a lot of data. Uh, this dude has yeah. done, he's like from Johns Hopkins and right. he, he look, he's, He's intelligent. This is a great article. We'll have to link it to our stuff. We'll but don't need to this. We will link it and we need to throw it in our story so people can see it too. But how we're still trying to mandate when I, we know when natural, half of these truck drivers have probably already had COVID. But they don't yeah. know because nobody's even testing them prior. Like yeah. also y'all, people in the, in the trials, the people who were excluded were those who had had previous COVID infection. That's right. That's right. I mean, 
<laughs> they're not, they won't even look at a natural immunity then. Just and here's the other thing. Well, exactly. And again, again, let's go back to the border for a second because we got to talk about that before, you know, before we get off here today. Look, they're letting everybody in the border without a test, without a vaccine. They don't care. They don't care who comes in the country illegally with all this mess. And yet here we are, as Amy said, we can't even go get a cheeseburger in New York City without a vaccine passport. But <laughs> come on into the country with COVID and no vaccine. Um, and they're being flown around the country. Nobody knows who is where. Nobody yeah. knows anything. Not We don't know their COVID status, their vaccination status, but we also don't, just don't know their or, status in general. Or their criminal, like criminal history. Because yeah. the border is so overwhelmed that our agents down there cannot keep up. They cannot vet everyone. I mean, bless them too. Oh, Thank you. It's a mess. <laughs> it's, it's so scary. I just want to remind everybody that hates Trump and hated Trump. Um, we didn't have this problem when he was president and you really were offended by that wall he wanted to build. And you didn't like the fact that he had that stay at home order to make them stay in Mexico while they awaited permission to come to the United States. But I tell you what, that policy sure worked well, didn't it? Sure worked well. And that this is not a this is not even to defend Trump on anything other than to say his policies on border control were far superior to what we got going on right now. Go take a listen. Jason Jones was a border correspondent and he was in Dilly, Texas. We're going to play some clips. We want you to hear his take on what's going on down there. At all. You know, when you look at how the government has processed these people over the last years, we had 1.7 million people apprehended at our southwest border. You know, first they get into the custody of U.S. Customs and Border Protection. From there, they're handed off to a non-government organization. Uh, especially like in McAllen, where we've had so many people crossing, they go into Catholic programs. And then from there, released to another non-government organization who moved these folks throughout the country. So the fact that now they're not showing up doesn't surprise me at all. And, I, and I'll tell you, give it a little bit more time. You're going to see those numbers increase dramatically. Numbers increase dramatically. Check this one out. Here's the thing about it. Given the history of people not self-reporting, is this a surprise? Yeah. No, not at all. I mean, the data clearly shows historically that this is exactly what happens. And, you know, looking forward to guys to what is coming in the last three months, October, November and December, U.S. Customs and Border Protection have now apprehended 512,000 people. So what the 1.7 we talked about, you know, that have already been able to make it into this country. This next year, we're going to see things we've never seen before, and I'm really concerned about it because the, you know, the world now knows that if you come to the United States through the southwest border and you enter illegally, you're going to be able to make it into the country. And, you know, what we're talking about just validates that perception to the world. That, so, again, they're just getting word. Come on in. Come on in and bring all the stuff with you, right? All right. So here's one, one more. Clip. Yeah, one more. A lot of these people are playing this game. Come in illegally, or at least uh, not recognized as legal. Have a report date to self-report. Not self-report. Live your life in a, in, a, in a way not to cause too much attention to yourself, and eventually hope that amnesty is applied so that you got here, you got through, everything's good. That's right. There, there, there is exactly what's really happening in this country. And, you know, that part really needs to be told to the American people, because when I'm down there on that border, you know, once those folks are taken into custody, if you're a family unit, those folks believe that they're going to be allowed to stay in this country and they have been allowed. And so that has gone out to the world. So 
when we talk about people from 150 different countries that were apprehended in fiscal year 21, that's exactly what happened. And that's what concerns me now the most is that this isn't just US Mexico anymore, the world and along with the, all the good that comes with that is also a lot of the bad. And where are they going? Who are they? What part of our country are they in? The, the, our own government doesn't know that. And you know, you can't have 1.7 million people in one year alone apprehended at that southwest border and think that we have government agencies large enough to keep up with where they are. And so that becomes a national security issue uh, again, because look at what's happening on the other side of this. We've now had 100,000 overdose deaths. So we're talking about one side of it, right? We're talking about the immigration side of this, but there is so much more that are impacting the American people. And, you know, if the government can't even keep up with these folks, then how can they keep up and stop all of the other national security issues occurring? Or you can move to New York City and vote like a legal citizen. <laughs> yeah. That's that. not an example. That's a whole other <laughs> That's a Holly. All, right, okay. all right, sorry, guys. All right, let me see if I can. There we go. accused of murdering oh, hold somebody on. and stay in the room. Okay, sorry about that. Um, just to recap, y'all, we didn't start it out telling you that the reason they were even talking about this, they were bringing it up because it's been reported that there has there are four, at least 47,000, somewhere estimated, you know, almost 50,000 people that are missing, missing, like they can't find them in the database. All right, let's wrap your heads around that. Yeah. And then he's saying that there's been 1.7 million that have crossed and just in three months, just in three months alone, uh, there were 512,000 that were apprehended and not to mention the 100,000 um, overdoses. Um, and this is what how people are coming in like the what was it the synagogue um yeah, we don't know how he got in but he was yeah, uh, yeah i guess that's out. maybe assumption but who knows like, yeah, i don't think it was a southern border but he was a british citizen he, right he was a british nationalist uh okay. he was a uh, I, i'm gonna say seems to be a muslim extremist and he had anti-semitic um content that he has either i don't know if they saw it on social if it's something that he has you know he is known he was known for this. What's interesting about that situation, though, is when the FBI first looked at, and what we're talking about, guys, if you didn't look in Texas, the synagogue, this guy went in and attacked people inside the synagogue. And they at first said, we don't have reason to believe that this was an anti-Semitic attack. Well, a quick glance over this guy's record. I mean, yeah, you do. It's so baffling to me that they... It's we and it's also weird. So again, when something doesn't make sense, when the evidence is really clear, you have to ask yourself, what's the agenda here? Why don't they want to acknowledge? Why don't they want to acknowledge anti-Semitism? Why? Why? And and you know, again, but kind of during the Obama years, you know, we were really reticent to say it was an Islamic extremist attack, right? Because they didn't want to demonize Muslim people. And certainly you don't want to demonize Muslim people who aren't out to kill people, aren't out to harm anyone else. They don't have hatred in their hearts towards other beliefs, religions, nationalities, what have you. What I'd like to see more of, though, from our Muslim friends, I'd love to see you speak out more against it. Honestly, mm -hmm. I'd love to hear more of that, more of that. This is not a part we are. If you are a peaceful religion, then speak out on it and say that. But again, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. 
but, and I know it's not PC to say it, but what the hell, I'm on my own podcast. <laughs> um, but, in fact, he had a, crim- he had a criminal record yes. in, in, in the UK. The yes. Justice Department confirmed this. Yes. Um, he was even taken off the fly list after yeah. 9-11 because he had mentioned he wished he was on one of those planes, all these things. But yet somehow he's still coming he's over here. here. He yes. still got over here. He yes. still got over here and, you know, committed this hate crime. Yeah. And, and it bothers me that they don't want to admit or there was some there was some hesitation to admit that this was anti-Semitic. And again, I don't think we should call things anti-Semitic or racist or anything if there's not proof that it, that it was. But if you got a long history of bashing Jews and you right. go attack a synagogue, I think it's safe to say that was anti-Semitic. <laughs> or it's at least a possible theory. Yeah, it's a possible, you know, a possibility, you know. Anyway, but back to the border thing real quick is we do want you guys to know there was pushback um, Mm -hmm. and it was caught on camera and it was Biden's head of was it head of Homeland Security, I think, was down there meeting with the border control agents. Do I have that right, girls? Yeah, he was he what he had been down there. It wasn't him. It was like the chief of the the, the border officers. It's a leaked video of the agents just kind of like pushing back on the border chief. so listen, because they're, they have, they're, they're fed up. This is a disaster. Yeah, this it reminds us of the truckers in Canada, right? It's like, we're sick of this mess. This is needless. They're going through needless crap is what it is. And they're tired of it. To each one of y'all. You're getting bogged down in the policies and the politics. You can't even say legal aliens. What's that? You can't even say That's why Chief's not left. Where are you Did y'all hear that? I'm just going to back that up. He said, you can't even say illegal aliens. They're talking about the politics of this, the PC-ness of all of this. They can't even call someone an illegal alien. But you can call a man a woman if that's what they want. I'm sorry. We're, this is a clown world. It's a clown world. Just listen. Getting caught up in semantics, right? There's a mission out there. I've been doing this job as long as y'all. What's that? For evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. Is that... He said, for, for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. That's exactly what's happening here. Good men are doing nothing. You're allowing illegal aliens you're, to be dropped off in communities. You're allowing illegal aliens to be dropped off in communities. And I wish that we had screen recorded girls, the pilots that are Ooh. flying these illegal I have, aliens. I have it. I can read because I was just reading. Like, listen, to y'all. Do this it. is a government contractor. These are these overnight flights. And this was reported on, we may have mentioned it in a previous podcast, mm-hmm. um, where Biden was flying uh, illegal aliens from the border in the dead of night, like flights two, three, four o'clock in the morning, filled with, with people and dropping them off. And, and a lot of them was like Westchester, New York, and there were some other places. But um, there was a, a video, a government contractor was talking about the secret midnight flights um, into the airport. And this is just, I'm going to just read y'all what he said. He said, this is the thing. We'll post it. We don't tell them where we're going. Like I said, a lot of this is just that's down low stuff. We don't tell people because what we don't want to do is attract attention. We don't want the media. Like we don't even know where we're going when they tell us. I get the whole secrecy and all this beep, but this is even above my beep pay grade. You know mm. what I mean? Like what the beep, you know what I mean? <laughs> because like, look who's in office. That's why I come on. You know mm. why? Because if it gets out, 
the government is betraying the American people. Mm. If this gets out, everyone will know we are being absolute, our country is being betrayed, truly. When we have almost 2 million people here now that weren't here in 2020 mm. or mm. 2019, whatever. And we don't know who they are. We don't know anything. Well, and again, the, the crime, we, we've talked about this before, yeah. because at one in four to one in five of people sitting in US prisons today are illegal immigrants, okay? We do know that crime comes across that border and doing, and and now we have activists, judges and politicians who want to be soft on crime for reasons I don't understand. And I'm gonna assume that for some people it just comes from a place of- Feelings. Feelings, yeah. And, and I do think there have been people incarcerated for drug charges like marijuana that did way more time than they should have. I agree, We've had, I think that we have had issues with um, the law, you know, the punishment fitting the crime in some cases. And I think it's, you know, that's something that we should look into and we should fix. But this soft on crime thing has gone way too far. And the, the widow of the police officer that was gunned down in New York City last week, she spoke out about it. She's blaming the system for this man being out of jail. But if you guys did not, to, did not hear about this. I mean, it's it's a it, it we're we're hearing this a lot these days of repeat offenders killing cops, killing people. And it was uh, what's his name Rivera guys. What's his name again? Jason Rivera and oh gosh, who was Mora, the last name was Mora. His, yeah, Wilbert uh, Wilbert Mora, and and they were what is he twenty two? I think Rivera twenty two and twenty seven. Yeah. Guys, babies. This is my firstborn's age. He's 23. Like these are, these are somebody's, well, first of all, they were somebody's spouse, but they were somebody's child, brothers, I mean, grandsons. And here they are responding to a report of a domestic violence incident in Harlem, which was between a mother and her adult son, LaShawn McNeil. <clears throat> LaShawn McNeil had a record, previous charges, 11 times he's been arrested. That's wait, right. No, no, no. Wait, wait. Oh, no. oh sorry. No, no, sorry. That's You're right. One. That's the other one. No, there's That's another one that had 11. We'll about. tell you yeah. about him too. Hold <laughs> on a second. Sorry. Thank you. We got to fact check each other. We got to fact check each other. That's right. Spreading misinformation. You <laughs> <laughs> cannot have, Lord, cannot get on that. Cannot get on that train. Okay. He did have a record, I believe, and we'll check this, but we'll post it. I think the gun he used to kill the cops was stolen. And so he had, um, but, but but by the way, domestic violence. So I'm assuming he was harming his mother, okay, or something, because it was a domestic violence incident. And when they went in to get him, he shot and killed Rivera, injured Mora, and then I think a third cop killed, I believe, yeah, third officer. That's right. Third, third officer had to kill uh, McNeil. Mm -hmm. But it's tragic. It's tragic. It's so tragic. This is the, these two make the fifth, five police officers shot in New York City in the first three weeks. Shot and killed, right? Well, yeah. I don't know if they were killed. The other ones were killed. Oh, so just shot. These okay. two were killed, but but so that's and three more were at least shot. Um, just in 2022, how long have we been? It's what's it's January still? Yeah, five already. Five cops shot, mm. two killed. I mean, yeah. and, but that funeral was Ooh, wow. Did y'all see that? If y'all haven't seen that, whoa. Mm. 
you want to talk about some chills and all the feels. Well, and what we've done to police officers, and we know right. there it's have been bad police officers, like there are bad attorneys, bad dentists, um, bad, bad, bad everywhere. And we, and I, and certainly we need checks and balances in place to protect our men and women in uniform so that you know, they can do their job and do it well and not and, and also protect the community from people who don't have good intentions or have evil intentions, right? So right. we're not ever denying that, but what we've done to so many of the cops in turning these people against them. By the way- well, over 2020 with Black Lives Matter, you know, after the George Floyd and then and everybody hated all cops. You know, right. that was well, really terrible. And those peaceful riots. Yeah, the peaceful protests oh, were. The pe yeah, those peaceful protests. So get this, y'all. McNeil, his mother said he was mentally ill. They don't have, uh, they haven't had evidence of that yet to be able to, you know, was he being treated? I don't think they have any of that. However, he had posted and shared anti-government um, and anti-police um, stuff on his social media for years. Okay. Mm -hmm. Just, just FYI, throwing that out there. And speaking of Black Lives Matter, uh, mm -hmm. they're in the news because, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Whoa. yeah. So I feel like the y'all ready for this? <laughs> yeah. Are y'all even ready for this? They're After ready. all the destruction and all the mm -hmm. and the, the millions, the that division I, and the hate, the hate and the crime. Yeah. Yep. Um, Here's the latest on that movement. The charity auditors have expressed alarm at the management of Black Lives Matter's $60 million in donations. After it came to light that people announced as leading the organization never took up the role and no one seemed to know who was handling the finances. So the most recent tax filing for BLM, which was from 2019, it gives an address in Los Angeles that does not exist. And the two remaining BLM directors that are examined, that were identified, were not able to assist with even one, not, not, I mean, with one even, I'm sorry, with one even scrubbing BLM associations from his social media after he was contacted by the paper. Okay. So basically, they're hunting down these donations and trying to find the paper trails to how this money was spent for this charity and they can't find it they have yet to file a 2020 return uh in case you didn't know that was due in 2021 they are required to to file form 990 it's not it's not been filed where's the irs they hunt everybody else down. Why aren't they hunting them down? I want to know. Sixty million dollars unaccounted for, and Un everybody's gone. They gone. Yep. Nice. And that's and so it the, the problem began in May 2021 when um, Patrice Colors stepped down as the director. If you guys might remember, and when she stepped down, she said these other people were taking over. Well, they can't even apparently get hold of these other. They people. said well, they know they said they did get a hold of them, and they said no, they they did not take over. And um, she said they took over and they said um, they never actually took the jobs. So they were never actually, they never took those jobs. I they mean, don't know who took over. So they don't even know who took over, who's the executive, where the right. money is, nothing. In September of 2020, Colors signed documents with um, Thousand Currents, that's just the name of another company, transferring $66.5 million into BLM's accounts. But by February of 2021, 
Black Lives Matter confirmed that it took in 90 million throughout 2020 and distributed to their partner organizations and had 60 million remaining in the in its accounts. But they don't know where that 60, 60 and million. And have we seen is. any of that money? We don't know where it is, but has any of it gone back into the communities that they yeah. no. no, it was it was the That's only anything. yeah, in fact, it says um they spent millions on travel and compensation to their staff over the past okay. fiscal years while granting comparatively little to outside organizations, including the group's local chapters. I actually think you can go and see that they, it was less, I think it was less than 10% went to its chapters. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Well, awesome. We, wasn't there a time where you could click on the BLM donate here and it was going to the Democratic Party? Directly to, yeah. Um, I was trying to find something else. So yeah. that's weird. Basically, like, I mean, we got played. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm and, sorry. No, and it's, and it's by 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 a name by an organization. Like, we all truly believe that Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. Yes. Deal. But this corporation, you guys, like, mm -hmm. just like any charity. Honestly, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I I don't yeah. like donating to mm -hmm. humongous charities because I don't think the money goes. Where I, where you think like when you get these things in the mail, yeah, it doesn't go yep. where you think it's That's going. Right. You might have to give like five cents of your money to the charity, and then everything else goes to paying the yeah. um, the board of directors and all this stuff. Well, yeah. same with Black Lives Matter, but they used it as at a time, yeah, when emotions were high, and they profited off of people's uh, people's emotions and feelings, mm -hmm. and yep. then they skirted on out. Yep, and and the the problem is is of course black lives matter any I, I it's it's i hate that we even have to still say that that we still live in a world where as a white woman i have to say black lives matter because i believe that with my whole heart just like i believe that jews lives matter that i believe that hispanic lives matter that white lives matter I believe the all vaccinated of lives matter and vaccinated and unvaccinated lives matter. I mean, really? So can we just say all? Uh, I mean, yes. that, but for some reason, that's wrong. How is all lives matter racist? I have no. That is like how that is a million dollar question of all time. It's just it, it's just ridiculous. Last I checked, none of us chose what color we were born. None of us chose that. And to now make it a deal, and this is why critical race theory, we're going to talk about this because this, this will get me fired up. Critical race theory. You see, what happens is we use colorful language that makes things sound good. BLM sounds amazing. Yes, let's get behind this. But when you go behind the scenes, you find the mismanagement of money. You find that they were inciting riots and were partnered with other organizations that apparently were inciting some of these riots and destroying communities. That's not okay. None of us are about that. That's not the answer. We're aligned with Dr. King that believed in peaceful protest, that we should be known for the content of our character, not for the color of our skin. He didn't want that for his children. He didn't want that for his grandchildren. Yet here we are with critical race theory saying, let's all identify as race. And hey, by the way, if you're in the majority white people, you need to apologize for your whiteness. You need to check your white privilege. And this is the kind of language that is divisive and destructive at, at its core. It sounds good. It sounds like, hey, let's make the world just and fair, but it's not what happens. And all you have to do is just think to realize that. That's it. And, yeah. and by the way, when I misquoted the 11 arrests, that was for the guy, the, mm -hmm. the, the black man that killed the young girl 
in, not that it matters that he was black, I'm just saying, like that was, you know, again, black lives matter and so do white lives because he killed a white girl in, in, in Los right. Angeles yeah. and he had been arrested 11 times in California, North Carolina, South Carolina. He'd even shot, and he discharged a firearm into an occupied vehicle. That means he shot a gun at people in a car. On November 13, 2019, yet he's still out and, and savagely stabs this girl to death. Right, random and unprovoked. Yeah. He's, but where's the yeah. outcry? Where's the outcry for her white life that matters? It does matter. And if you say it doesn't, you're a part of the problem. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't matter what color he was or she was. Right. It doesn't matter that two people were involved in an incident. One died and the other one should have been jailed in jail a long time ago. And it, yeah, it should matter that someone has been arrested and let go yes. 11 times. Okay. I get the whole crime thing, soft on crime when it's like petty things and people can change and all this stuff. But yeah. once we creep up to like the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, right. the seventh, the eighth, uh -huh. I mean, you don't, you have to know that these kinds of people, they, they need to be away. They need to be out of society. Yeah. They're the ones that need to be isolated, not the people at January 6th that didn't even have weapons and they've been in um, the uh, complete isolation. Yeah, you know, we, solitary we, confinement. We I mean, more information. But you've just got to think about these kind of things. Like these are the people that are out on the streets and they're being soft on, but then they're being so hard on other people. And I'm not saying it's right to go into a government building. I'm not saying it's right to do whatever, but without even investigating, and it was just on alleged, you know, assumptions, and then yeah. there's video footage proving otherwise, there's just too much in the mix to actually have them in solitary confinement. Okay, so it's just, it, it well, The whole thing about January 6th, and I think if you even question, I, listen, as I watched January 6th unfold, I, I just remember having that feeling of like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know, like not, not the part where they were at the Capitol, that the, from everything you saw on TV that day from, you know, it, that looked like a peaceful gathering. And we know a lot of people actually who were there. I don't know if we had knew a lot, but I mean, I think we each probably know eight to 10 people that said they were there and they didn't see any of this because they were a part of the peaceful march on Washington. What, what, but I remember when they started showing clips of people going into the Capitol, I remember feeling panicked, like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, like, oh my gosh, like, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I think a lot of people felt that way. Like, what, what are you doing? Stop it. Right. You know? right. However, I just think that if they have all these people that have sat in these in confinement and in prison for the last year, can we see the evidence for which they were arrested? Because surely you have it, right? Like, can we know what? Because all we know is we saw, like I saw the crazy dude in the getup, right? Yeah. <laughs> the one that was like in the costume. I remember yeah. seeing that. But like some of these other people, I just I'm curious about their stories because we're hearing we're hearing that. And, and, and we've seen clips where they're, they're talking to the officers in the building and it's pretty calm. Yeah. Right. Sure that wasn't the case everywhere, but I just want more evidence. And it's been it's super crazy. confusing. It's super and, no, and nobody really died, right? Like it does not make sense. If you really, if you and, actually go and look at it, instead yeah. of just listening to the, the headlines, headlines. <laughs> yeah. um, it really doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so, I think yeah. that's why a lot of us, you know, God forbid you even question and not say that January 6th was, you know, the greatest travesty in American history. If you, you know, if you question and go, wait a minute, what really happened? It's like people have this you're racist or something yeah you're, and you're, you're like you're, you're and a Trump, you thought you're it was okay like no i don't yeah, think or that you're okay. siding with it 
No, it was terrible. No. But no. can we can we know? Can we see? Can we? Yeah. Yes, they should. I know this. I know that I don't trust the current administration. I don't trust Nancy Pelosi, and I don't trust her commission that has what one Republican on there, and it's Liz Cheney. And listen, I, I, I again. I don't fault Liz, if Liz Cheney has a certain position about this and her position is that these people were like the worst humans in history. I mean, I'm putting words in her mouth, but I basically, she sides with the Democrats on this and I think that's her right to do so. But could you put some people on there that perhaps don't go all in on this that maybe can bring another perspective? Because again, we don't trust our government or our media to give it a fair shake for everyone at this point. Which well, can we also just talk about the fact that wasn't it her that Nancy Pelosi was in charge of having the National Guard, her and Marion Bowser, the mayor of D.C., were in charge of, you know, deploying National natural mm-hmm. national Guard, and they declined. Yeah. Yep. They declined. They said no. Yeah. So nobody's That's talking true. about that. No. Like, there's just, there's a lot of around- not many people descending into the city, you know, protesting. Wouldn't you think if you were, wouldn't you think that you would do that if you you know yeah. I just I just feel well, like it's weird that they said they would, didn't even want it we would love to talk to people who were there so if you were there yes. ooh, yeah. we know that we have um we have some we already have several people <laughs> connected to some people who have connections that were arrested that have sat in jail whose families have suffered as a result we'd love to hear those stories and again we're not here to defend any of the behavior that any broken laws that day we would not defend that um, I think we just have a curiosity about what's the story because it's it's odd. It's odd in the way that it's only been covered, it seems, in one way. And yet you can hear other stories that don't coll- don't corroborate the narrative. So we just we want to know what all happened that day. And so if you're willing to talk about it, reach out to us. All right, I know we've gone long today's girls. Is there anything else that we needed to <laughs> chat about before we let everybody go for the week? Um, just once again, follow, follow the the freedom convoy that I think, I feel like that's the biggest story. Um, and it'll, it's positive. It, it will light you up and it's inspiring. It's motivating. Like anyone that says that this is a, like a hate, hate filled, you know, like if anybody, they're already preparing that they're going to frame this as like an insurrection, kind of like what happened right. with January 6th. Right. But we want you to know right now <laughs> that if they do that, they're lying because <laughs> that's not what this is about. But listen, we'll end on this. Oh, shout out to Canada. I can't hear it. You can't hear you it? You can't hear it? No. It's... Um, oh. it was- it's not, it's like going in and out. Oh man. Oh. Anyway, we were going to play the anthem and just say, we're, we're, we stand with y'all. We are we watching. Our Canada mugs. Yep. We're sipping our, <laughs> our tea and coffee out of our Canada mugs today. And we just, we are so inspired watching you guys rise up and do what's right and, you know, defend your freedom. And, you know, I mean, y'all are inspiring us. Yes. So many. And this is not a fringe group. We know that. <laughs> And I just can't wait to see how this all plays out. I really can't wait to watch them park it in Ottawa and mm. not leave. Yes. And then what's going to happen? I, I can't wait. Get yeah. your popcorn. Get your, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll see you guys. See you next week.